For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 224 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Barkhart. And I am your host, Will Witten. And we are some lucky Star Wars boys. Man, aren't we though? I'm telling y'all, I, what did I say a couple weeks back? We're hitting Star Wars season. Star Wars season hit and man do we have some stuff to talk about. I, for one, was not expecting to have yet another trailer to talk about. Another trailer. And you know what that makes me do? It's a bunch of cock duty speculating is what it makes oh me Oh my goodness, it's time for some cock duty speculating. Uh, we also are going to talk about uh, some fucking Lucasfilm director drama or whatever. Yup. <laughs> Damn. I'm, I promise, guys, I'm at least 80% better than I was last week. He's on the mend. I am. It. Dude, I thought when we recorded last Thursday with King Tom that that was going to be... Your last episode. <laughs> no, no. Oh, well. R.I.P. Hog. Well, no, I thought that was going to be the worst of it. I was like, these... Because, you know, I, I started getting sick like Tuesday when I woke up. So two days later, you feel like, oh, this is probably the worst day. It's uphill, you know, downhill from here. Right. Just wrong. It only got worse. Your boy had to get breathing treatments. Oh, my God, Hawes. Yeah. Did you go to the doctor and say, I got bronchitis? <laughs> I did go to the doctor twice. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, and then I had to take Walter to the doctor this morning. Man, is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. He got outside, right? Like he, he likes to do. Like he likes he's to a do. Squirrely little butthole. And he got in a fight with a, oh. with one of our neighbors' outside cats. And Walter is not a good fighter. No, he's soft. He's built for loving. Yeah, he's not built for the fighting. And he was totally fine. We checked him out. We're like, oh, he's. I mean, like you know, right? As he basically he, he got in a fight and he ran right back towards the door. It happened in a split second. Jesse opened the door. To let the dogs back in, Walter ran out, 
ran headfirst into this cat, got in a fight, ran back in the door, like within minutes, right? Man, and I then, see why you guys don't want me to go out there. <laughs> Oh, this makes a lot of sense. And so then yesterday, I'm setting up to record with our buddy Steele. Speaking of which, there's a new year by podcast on Ooh, the excellent. Patreon page. I'm setting, getting ready to set up for that. And Walter's on the table, as he likes to do when I'm setting up the podcast stuff. And I notice this little blood spot on his side. And I freak out. So I hold oh, no. him down, I check it out, and there's like a little puncture wound in his side. And it's like a little raised. It looks a little irritated. And I flip out. I'm like, oh my God, he's got a tumor. He's got a <laughs> he's got a cyst. Something's wrong with my buddy. We call the vet and they can't see him until this morning. So it was a day full of anxiety. And then we take him in and she was like, the vet was like, um, has he been in a fight? And then it all came back. I was like, yes, he was. And she was like, yeah, he, this is a cat bite. We'll give him a shot of some antibiotics. We'll shave the area around it. And then you guys will put this ointment on it. So now my buddy's got like a, a silver dollar size bald spot on his side. Oh, yeah. Well, the hair grows back and yeah, it's safe. And they're the important things. Yeah, the I fact mean, that it cost you so much anxiety is not good. No, dude, I was. And then like. But, you know, cat bites and scratches can be dangerous. So can dogs. I mean. Yeah, I, I was just. I, you I used know to me. think that dog saliva, like. I used to think dog saliva, like dogs lick their wounds, you know. And then I used to think letting a dog lick your wound was good for you. But there's certain bacteria in dog's mouth that can like give you flesh eating bacteria if it gets in an open wound or something. Wow. Or some sort of brain-eating disease or something. Something terribly awful from letting a dog lick your wounds or something. Okay. Not that I was, uh, you know, employing that method of wound care myself. I guess I took it to a dark place unnecessarily. Could, and you're welcome. Dude. All righty. So, Walter's Halloween. on the mend. We're recording this on October the 3rd. <laughs> the spookiest night of the year. This may be the first Halloween episode we have ever recorded. It might be the first well. time. Could it be the last. Um, did, did you have a good Halloween? How's your Halloween been? It was spooky. It was actually frigid. I actually froze my keister off, but it was good. I mean, it was good Halloween. Um, so I took Walter to the vet. Um. Woke up in a NyQuil haze, my dude. I've been hitting those NyQuil sleeps yes, the sir. last few nights because of being sick. And who is that a deep sleep? But man, do I feel like a zombie when I wake up. Yeah, well, it does leave you with the uh, the grogginess. Um, took Walter in, worked for a little while, took a nap, got up, finished my work. Knew it was still a few hours before you and I had to record. So you know what I had to do? You know what I did? Did you take an NAP? I took another nap. King of the naps. So my, and if two naps in the same day is spooky, then I guess I've had a spooky Halloween. Mm, more spooky than anything. Yeah, for sure. So, I <coughs> Naps are good. Naps are how people get things done. People with lots of things to do. I feel like naps is part of how they get them done. They definitely help me out. Because sometimes you got to stay up late, but you need that sleep, but you got to squeeze it in somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and 
you know, not feeling uh, the greatest and. And yeah, your body regenerates when you're asleep. So sleep's the one thing you need when you're sick. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> we got a special bit of business this week and it's a, a bit of business. You will be hearing us push very hard over the next few weeks. Um, the castle toy run is back for its third year. Uh, oh man, that's a good thing. For those of you that may not be aware, in case you uh, started listening uh, since the last one and don't know what it is, Kessel Toy Run is an event that our good buddy Brandon Manriquez put together a couple years ago where he collects toys for kids that are in the hospital over the holidays. Uh, And this is the third year in a row we're doing it and promoting it and everything. And it's one of my favorite times of year. I love seeing everybody come together and send in Star Wars toys. And then Brandon always does some really cool posts on the Castle Toy Run social media account and counts and stuff and shows, you know, like everything that's come in. And then they always do like a video handing out the toys to the kids. And it's just a nice way to use Star Wars for something good. For good at a great time of year, you know, for for some kids that need it the most. And, you know, Brandon's a really good steward of that Mm -hmm. program. And um, for people that, you know, aren't aren't are worried about, oh, I'm not sure which toy to buy. And I'm not sure where to send it in the mail or that seems kind of a hassle. You can donate to the program as well. And Brandon goes out and he buys, you know, brand new Star Wars toys. 100% of your money goes to that. So I don't know if he's doing donations yet. Oh, I see. He hasn't done donations in the past because we weren't... um, Set up for that. Weren't set up as an actual, like, uh, legally recognized uh, charity. I I apologize then because I I just thought I remembered that's what we were talking about the last time. I thought that was how it operated. Well, what we did was you and I put together our holiday specials and sold them. That's right. And then used so that was kind of a way to do donations. Now I'm not sure, guys. You got to understand this holiday season specifically for Will and I is busier than usual. It is. So I'm. I've got some ideas for a holiday special kicking around in my head, but I haven't 100% committed to it. If we're going to do one, I will, I will commit to it soon and we'll get it out there. But like, it's been a rough year as far as free time goes. And, uh, if we can get one out, we definitely will. But if not, you can always still donate toys to the Kessel Toy Run. Yes, absolutely. So, Here's the information you need to know. The Kessel Toy Run is running from November 1st to December 18th. So you got about a month and a half to get your new unopened Star Wars toys in. If you want to check them out on social media, they're at the at the Kessel Toy Run on Twitter, Kessel Toy Run on Facebook, Kessel Toy Run on Instagram, and the Kessel Toy Run on YouTube. So go check those out if you want to see the videos or any updates from Brandon. Now, what you can do is um, send these toys in to the Kessel Toy Run, 3217 Carson Street, number 111, Lakewood, California, 90712. That is the 
new mailing address now that we're set up as an actual charity um and if you're like ah, i don't know what to get right well brandon has made it even easier you can um go to amazon.com and where you look up uh registries and wish lists look up uh search the castle toy run at gmail.com that'll pull up the official sort of castle toy run wish list and he'll have all kinds of variety of items because it's not just you know action figures you you know we we try to gather a large range of toys and coloring books blankets you know all that kind of stuff um because it's a huge age range of kids that are in these hospitals right yeah and so there you go that's how you take care of it if you need any more information like i said check out the castle toy run on twitter and uh, all their other um social media sites let's get together and knock this one out of the park again because the last two years have been awesome i'm sure yeah our fans have done a great job with that mm-hmm. and i you know what i think this one will be our prob- listeners i should say probably be pretty big too because uh I feel like it, it's gone the best in 2017 when we had a Star Wars movie coming out around the same time because everybody's all like hyped up. Ooh, new Star Wars, feeling in the giving spirit, excited and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so go check them out. We'll be uh, continuing to plug that and stuff. And uh, yeah, if you got a couple extra bucks or a couple of uh, unopened Star Wars toys laying around that you, know, you don't really uh, have any use for, or feel like giving to a good charity, check it out. It's a really good thing to do. You know, anything that makes kids happy is a great thing to do, especially at this time of year when they got to be in a place that might give them some anxiety and, and some not so happy. <laughs> yeah. And as, as someone who, as a kid spent a Christmas in the hospital, it is like, man, would I have been stoked if, uh, someone in a star in a stormtrooper costume or some other Star Wars costume showed up to hand out toys. Do you know how stoked I would have been? Man, probably very, very is the answer. So, what do you want to talk about first this week, buddy? Do you want to talk about uh, the Game of Thrones guys? Do you want to talk about Ewan McGregor, or do you want to talk about the Mandalorian trailer, the new Mandalorian trailer? I think in that specific order. Let's start on what may be, you know, a, mi- a middle of the road news, and let's take another step up to the Ewan news, which is I pure gotcha. greatness, and let's finish with the Mandalorian, which has me at full, full, full was it full mast? Not half mast, full mast. Full turgidity. Full turgidity. Um, okay, so, um. You know, back in February of 2018, we got the announcement that D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, uh, the guys behind Game of Thrones, were signed on to produce a Star Wars movie, a series of Star Wars movies, which was later clarified to be a trilogy. And that was just a couple of months after Ryan Johnson was announced for his trilogy. So we're like, damn. Two separate Star Wars trilogies in the works. This is awesome. Well, uh, as time went on, we got the announcement of, you know, Star Wars is going to take a little break after this year. The next movie will be in 2022. 
And that movie will be the first of the David and Dan Star Wars movies. Uh, well, hold your horses, not after all. Those dudes are gone. They backed they signed... out of their trilogy yeah. this week. Did they also back out of the <laughs> um, the Game of Thrones prequel? No, they they had nothing to do with that Game of Thrones prequel. I, that was just because I I saw that and wondered if that was related. Right. No, that's the thing. That's the weird thing is they weren't involved in that, and it was just a weird coincidence that it got announced that one of the Game of Thrones prequels that was being worked on was canceled. Okay. And I mean that those kind of things happen, especially sometimes for production even gets off the ground. Well, I apparently this one was off. I mean, they shot a pilot for Holy. this one. Uh, and then it was announced later in the week that a different prequel, Game of Thrones prequel, was going straight to series, meaning like it's happening, meaning they don't shoot a pilot, then check it out and see if they like it or not and want to continue. This was a, like, we're making this type of thing. Okay. So busy, busy week for those that might be like crossover Game of Thrones and Star Wars fans. So, yeah, it was announced Monday that uh, they are backing out of their Star Wars trilogy in what, you know, compared to some other uh, creative Star Wars creator, potential creator announcements seem to be, I guess, fairly amicable. Uh, even in the statement, Kathleen Kennedy was like, you know, we hope to work with them again uh, in the future when uh, they're less busy. Because I hope the, that's just lip service. That was the whole, yeah. not not that I don't want them to get it, but it reminds me of that line in Ghostbusters where he's like, Ray. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Like, and I just feel like when someone offers you a Star Wars trilogy, you say yes. Like, that is what you say. That is what you do. Yeah, and so I've seen, you know, a lot of people stoked about this. I'll be honest, of all the future Star Wars projects between live action and, or between theatrical and, like, Disney Plus live action series... Mm -hmm. that have been announced that theirs was the one I was the least excited about. I, to be honest, I was like, I want to see more things from them. You know, game of Thrones was good, but I, I find it just to, to just go off like, Oh, game of Thrones was so good. Anything they make is going to be gold. I mean, we don't know that, right? Do, yeah. They don't have like a long history, do they? Uh, no, uh, the only thing that I, I mean, there's uh, stuff besides this, but one of them was the head writer on Wolverine origins. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to take further shots at them, but I mean, they were working from a source material that was already written. Right. And from what and I understand, the show started to go downhill as soon as they started to deviate from their source material. Well, it wasn't so much deviate. It was once they ran out of that source material because only five of the supposed seven books are out and once they got past I, I mean i'm of the opinion that the show did suffer greatly once they didn't have the fully fleshed out source material like you know they had notes and broad strokes details on how the story goes like, oh you mean they actually had to write right right so that's not a good sign like 
yeah, I'll I'll be honest. Like, upon first announcement of them, I was like, okay, I enjoy Game of Thrones. The season that just ended wasn't the greatest, and maybe the one before that wasn't the greatest, and that was before the in, the last season. And I'll just, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. Wasn't a big fan of the last season as a whole. I feel like the last episode was okay. And like where the characters in general ended up, I wasn't like upset with. It was just the process of getting there and all this. Um, But that definitely shook my, any confidence I had in their Star Wars movie. Right. And uh, I was just more interested in other stuff. Like I'm more interested in the supposed Ryan Johnson trilogy or Obi-Wan so or the Mandalorian. I'm really? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Obviously super stoked for the Mandalorian. That's kind of that and the rise of Skywalker of what got me most excited at the moment, but I'm incredibly excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Like I am incredibly excited for that. I like Ryan Johnson and I like what, you know, I like his directorial style. I like what he does. I like his balls and, uh, I'd like to see more of those balls. Me too, man. And I, and that's what I, you know, and I've seen a lot of people hopeful that since these guys trilogy got canceled, that he will be the next at bat, that he'll take over that 2020 2022 movie slot. And I hope that's the case. I'm trying to remain. um, I hope it's the case too, but you know, the guys have, a busy guy in demand, you'd think he, he might have that scheduled up. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's just about to release his new movie, Knives Out, which has got really good ratings. And honestly, if has that comes... Adam Driver in it, doesn't it? No, it's uh, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans. Um, For a some bunch reason, of I thought Adam Driver was in Knives Out. No, nope. Maybe not. Um. Anyways, that's coming out. And if that gets a really good like when it releases wider and gets a really good reaction and does well at the box office, then that may help his chances of being the next one for the next star Wars trilogy or star Wars movie in 2022. I'm just trying to remain, uh, I don't know what the word is like embracing myself because it's just as likely that we get an announcement that he's not doing his trip. I don't know that's just yeah, as likely, I, you know, but I it, mean, it can in the also world happen. of in the world of pro, of productions that haven't even started, you know, have only been announced. Right. It's totally possible for them to stop or cancel. Or... <clears throat> but I guess that is the big question that comes comes out of all this. What does this do? Does this change that Star Wars schedule? Does it push it back? I hope not. And with it being three years away, they still have plenty of time to slot someone else into that schedule so i'm not really worried about that but you know when you think about pre-production on a star wars movie and that three years from now that movie is going to be you know close to coming into the theaters like they can't wait too long to get somebody in that spot if if you're talking about writing the movie and all the other pre-production stuff and then making the movie you know, they'll have to make that decision fairly quickly, I would think. Right. You would. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars needs a direction and a future. You yeah. know, uh, it, the fandom doesn't mind waiting for it or even you know, even waiting a while they've shown. But they yeah. like to know there's a direction, you know, like a, a and, heading. 
And I don't want it to be like, uh, I don't want it to be too long. Like, I hope it doesn't get pushed further back than 2022. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. The The thing you have to keep in mind about this is the, the next Star Wars movie after the rise of Skywalker is incredibly important for the Disney era of Star Wars. Because when you look at what we've gotten so far, you know, the sequel trilogy, it's the sequel to the original trilogy. It almost has a baked in box office draw, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Rogue One, which is the first spinoff movie, which came on the tails of the monster that was The Force Awakens. It kind of had its own baked in box office draw. Uh, then you get to Solo, which on paper you would think, oh, uh, a movie about a young Han Solo, uh, one of the most popular Star Wars characters, they'll probably do pretty good. Mm, did not do so good. Was not marketed so well. Yeah. So when you're talking about the next era of Star Wars movies, when you don't have Mark Hamill or... Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford showing up in the movies when you don't have familiar characters in the movies, whether it be younger versions or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. When you're talking all new unrelated star Wars, they got to get that just right. The performance of that movie sort of dictates the course going forward for star Wars. So yeah, I could see why, you know, you want that to be a very good, as good as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me nervous because... Uh, don't be nervous. Why does it make you nervous? Because I want Star Wars to continue to do well so we can continue to get more Star Wars. Well, that's agreed. I, I don't think that's... Josie just I, came in here and put her butt in my face. Trick I mean. or treat. <laughs> um... I just think that it's never not, you're never not going to get Star Wars. And like, yeah, they're taking this break to kind of like reset course, I think, or find their direction that they really want to set course for. Right. And we can't forget the Kevin Feige news from last month. Like it could very well, he could be the next one up. Not that he will direct, but his, the movie he's producing. Yeah. His project could be the very next one up. So, It'll be interesting to see. You know, the cool thing is, at least with Disney+, Plus, we will have Star Wars live-action content. Honestly, we will be getting more hours of Star Wars than a yearly Star Wars movie. You know? Like, next year, when there's not a theatrically released Star Wars, we're getting at least eight hours of The Mandalorian, and then, I guess, I can't remember how, I think it's eight episodes of the clone wars and then cassian and obi-wan will be uh you know coming soon too so it's not like we're going to be lacking content but i just hope it uh you know i hope they can get the theatrical side of things going and and really uh knock that one out of the park i believe it's the hardest to capitalize on i believe the fiat like I believe Lucasfilm 
and Disney together have figured out really how to capitalize on Star Wars in comic books, how to capitalize on Star Wars in animation. Uh, I believe the hardest one that they're current, I'm currently Disney. I mean, Lucasfilm's pretty much got it down, but like, I think Disney's having the hardest time finding its its best way to capitalize and present theatrical Star Wars. And yeah. I think those are just growing pains. I think and that's I hope so you know, too. When when you got a brand new child, when you're a first time parent, you know you don't you don't exactly know the best way to parent. You're kind of doing your best as you go, and you get better as you go along. I um, yeah, I just hope. That we can hit, hit some fucking smooth sailing waters. Yeah, like smooth I'm tired waters of, is like, what we need. Not the biggest fans of the the Game of Thrones guys, like I've said, but like it's just I'm tired of creatives getting fired, even if I'm not a huge fan of them. Like I'm ready for good Star Wars news, not the kind of news that fucking assholes on YouTube latch onto to try and make it seem like all my hopes and dreams are dashed against the rocks, you know, like the kind of news that we can be excited about. And the idea of separate from the Skywalker saga, star Wars movies set in a new era with new characters. Like that is so exciting to me. Like I love that idea so much that I'm anxious about it. I'm ready for it to happen. And I want it to be, successful because i mean you know it's rooting for the home team you know yes i do um so uh you know if you're bummed about the whole david and dan thing i don't i think there's one one person to blame in this or two people and that's david and dan yeah because because they they took a different deal right they took a monstrous nine-figure netflix development deal man netflix is just throwing money at what they think is going to be successful and i mean i guess that's what you got to do but sometimes they roll the dice the wrong way yeah i mean you know it's it's hard to deny netflix's successes stranger things is huge you know they've had a lot of of parts was huge you know right they've had massive massive successes with their original content I'm just like so the rumor is that their deal was like between 250 and 300 million dollars. Like what if these guys produce for you a big wet fart? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That's going to be the most expensive wet fart. Yeah, in like history. and and I don't, you know, I don't know this for sure or anything, but it Almost kind of seems like, and maybe this is just me playing out some kind of fucking network drama in my head, but so, you know, Disney decides they want to do their own streaming service. They pull all of their content from Netflix. They announce that they got the Game of Thrones guys, and then Netflix is like, hey, we'll offer you $300 million to come do stuff for us. And then, so they announced that deal in August. Two months later, they're like, oh, we're too busy with Netflix to do Star Wars. Sorry, guys. Like, can you see a situation like I can where that's Netflix being like, oh, you're going to take all our content? We're going to take your Game of Thrones, dudes. Yeah. Th- I mean, it does seem like Netflix being petty. Being it, like, I mean, it, I ooh, mean, no more Disney? How you like that, Disney? How you like them apples? Yeah. 
I mean, like I said, though, like this could just me be me reading into it, but I mean, these are money moves. <laughs> I think at in the, the end, end of the day, yeah, I feel like Benioff and Weiss went there because that's a quite a large paycheck. Netflix was willing to shell it out because they're trying to compete with Disney. I mean, everybody is competing for their slice of pie, right? And and I believe, and it's I think we've yet to see if Star Wars was the one that lost out, but it it may not be. I mean, there may this may have been a good thing. Oh, I, I you know, and I feel and like a lot been, of people feel like it is a good thing. I nobody, saw a lot nobody of relief. Really missed out here. I saw some people bummed. I saw a lot of people relieved. You know, Colin Trevorrow is probably the loser here. Oh, I'm and I only say I only I meant that as a joke, but I don't think you found it funny. Oh, I was just about to say, like, I'm just glad that dude didn't end up making episode nine. <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Once we see that first thing they produce from Netflix, it could be a huge sign, sigh, sigh of relief. Like, whoo, dodged a bullet there, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah. But we'll see how it goes. And and in, Netflix has canceled some pretty good things to me earlier than they could have. By the way, like, um, the Get Down that was really good. Like, I don't I was know a that big that fan mean, of the OA. And they the canceled OA? it after two seasons. I liked Marco Polo. Like, I get why they canceled it. It was kind of campy and kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, I was into it. I was digging it. Yeah, I never gave that one a shot. I know you said it was pretty good. If you like Kung Fu series, I mean, shit. Into the Badlands is good, right? Um. So, yeah. I, uh, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of people are speculating and wondering about what happened behind the scenes. But I think the Netflix deal is what happened. Uh, I mean, and then precisely. you had you had uh, Hollywood Reporter and Variety this week both reported sort of what they'd heard gone, had gone on behind the scenes. And, you know, it seems like it did essentially come down to the Netflix deal. There were a few other wrinkles that may have played a factor. Um, what were they? I, I guess I didn't see those wrinkles. Well, so there was one that said that they were worried about toxic fandom after the reaction to the last season of game of thrones and didn't want to put themselves through that again with star wars to which i say like boo fucking who like you were given the opportunity to, like if i was making a star wars movie the last thing i would be worried about is well i mean i could see being worried about it but that would just in my opinion give me the uh motivation to try to knock it out of the park and prove people wrong I mean to me, that just means you don't have confidence in your storytelling ability. Ooh, right. I don't want to do something somebody might not like. Right. I'd rather do something brand new that no one can say, this isn't as good as this. So. so I mean, it just means you're risk averse. <laughs> um, and one of them, I can't remember whether it was Variety or uh, Hollywood Reporter, mentioned that supposedly their idea that they were exploring for their Star Wars movies was the origin of the Jedi. This is the only part that honestly disappointed me. Me too, because that is something we've talked about a lot. A lot, about how yeah. we want to see that. Like, we're down to see that. It would not bother me at all if Ryan Johnson's thing was the birth of Jedi, but I have some sort of feeling that I don't know this, but to me, The Last Jedi was so inspired that I think something sparked him in there that made him want to do his own story somewhere. And I'm fine if it's not the origin of the Jedi. I just think that 
I feel like whatever his spark of creation that came from working on The Last Jedi was is going to be really good. Yeah, and we were talking about it before we started recording. If Lucasfilm is interested in a series of Star Wars movies exploring the origin of the Jedi, then they'll make it happen. They oh, don't yeah, need those. Yeah, they yeah. don't need these dudes to make that happen. Hell no, they don't. So, I hope that is a, a path that they continue to explore. Um, there are lots of talented storytellers that are willing to tell Star Wars stories. Fuck yeah! Yeah, uh, two right here, dude. I mean, talk about low. Uh, there. Oof. Oof. You don't think you could write a kick-ass Star Wars I story? Don't. We still need to do the one you wrote back in the day. You know, uh, depending on how things shake out for uh, our Rise of Skywalker screening, maybe we record that when you come down for that. Ooh, we'll have a lot of people, too. Like, we could divvy out parts. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. You don't think you should, you don't think you could try again? Like now, and you don't think you'd have a better Star Wars story written? No, I just, I think it's a matter of, I don't know, man. I don't know. For one, I don't have the credentials. You don't just be like, hey, 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 man, I do a Star Wars hey, podcast. Hey. Let me make a Star Wars movie. You, I got, I got one, I got one name for you. Okay, J.K. Rowling. She had no credentials, and she wrote one of the most successful novel series of all time. Absolutely, but she didn't go from having no credentials to writing for one of the biggest pop culture properties in the the world. You know, like, it's not like she went from not having credentials to writing a sequel to Lord of the Rings. You know, she went, she created her own thing. Now, that that is completely within you know, the realm of possibility for someone who enjoys writing. But, like, you know, like, you don't just get hired on to Star Wars out of nowhere. You have to have some sort of background. <clears throat> you want to talk about some Ewan McGregor in the Obi-Wan series? Yes. Two of my favorite things. So, Ewan is out there doing the uh, press circuit because he's got Dr. Sleep coming out, the sequel to The Shining. Yes. And, uh, of course, in all his interviews and stuff, Star Wars has been brought up. So this comes from a variety of sources. Um, But he has let some interesting bits of information drop. One of them being that he's known for four years that he would be coming back to play Obi-Wan and couldn't say anything about it. Oh, man, that's a long time. Yeah. And that should say something for his ability to... I mean, to to keep quiet. For sure. And it also sh- shows you how long these Star Wars projects are in gestation. Um, and, you know, this this is not that surprising to hear because rumors of an Obi-Wan movie go back even further than 2015. You know, they go back to not long after Disney bought Star Wars, I feel like. So, it's not that surprising, but to hear him say that, like, that's an interesting piece of confirmation. He also said, you know, he also confirmed that at first it was going to be a movie before it was made 
into a TV show. And he said that he's much more excited to explore that story over six episodes, which they confirmed. It's another thing that's going to be six episodes uh, over six hours versus, you know, a one, two hour movie. So, you know, just interesting to hear him talk about it. Uh, it's shooting this summer. So that probably puts it at, as a, a 2021 release sometime. Right on. Um, maybe even sort of earlier, like earlier in 2021. I mean, <clears throat> so not I hear that Luna girl. Yeah, she is. Uh, she is harassing a cat, I'm guessing. Or she's harassing Jesse. Why not both? Why you always got to be a butthead when I start recording? She's been pretty good. Um, but yeah, little little word from uh, old Ewan getting ramped up to do Obi Wan, growing his beard out. He's got that Obi Wan beard going now. I love that he's been scheduled to do it for the last four years, and I love that he's so excited still about doing it. Me too, and uh, it's funny when you think about that. It's you know it's been in the works, and he's known for four years. Going back and seeing all those clips of him on red carpets, and then being like, "Well, you know, now that Disney owns Star Wars, would you ever go back and play Obi Wan again?" And he'd be like, "I'd love to. I'm just waiting on the call." Knowing in the back of his head, he's like, "Shh." That shit's in the bag, and you don't even know it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, do you want to talk about something that's coming up a little sooner than that? Uh, Please. uh, The Mandalorian, 12 days. 12 days. We got uh, what was, at least for me, a surprise new trailer for The Mandalorian this Monday. Um. Star Wars trailers, two Mondays in a row. Love to see it. Um, so I'm going to play it real quick, and then we'll talk about it. Um, I don't know that we'll do the typical like freeze frame. We got a lot of emails and voicemails to get to, but yeah. I definitely want to talk about the trailer, so uh, I'll get it kicked off. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. But bounty hunting is a complicated profession. said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Look outside. 
have waiting for you. That's a good trailer. As I dunk my drink over. Awesome. Um, what did you... Uh, when I was a kid. Oh my God, what is playing now? I have to wake it up. Stephen King. Psh, Dr. Sleep. Uh, what would you think of the new trailer, Will? Will? Sorry, I had to unmute myself. I uh, muted myself so I wouldn't be... Gotcha. Heavy breathing through the uh, trailer, um, <laughs> but uh, oh, um, I I think I saw Ugnot in there. Uh, it sure does look like an Ugnot. Yep. Um, it's cool to see him. I think he was on a speeder right there at the end. Uh, you know, a lot of shots in him in the full on. Oh God, what's the what's Beskar. the best car? There you go, full on best car armor. Yeah. Uh, one cool shot where he seems to walk out the door, shoot a blast, and then take a bolt on that shoulder pauldron, and then just like not even flinch, and then keep going, and that bolt just like poof, disappears like right off that armor. Yeah, that's and some sick armor if that's the case. We have to assume that those are um, those shots are from later in the series. Yeah, because I imagine he doesn't get that full on shiny badass looking armor till till later. Um, yeah, it looks incredible. I can. I mean, I'm so excited. Like, at this point, I didn't need another trailer. Obviously, I was. I love seeing more footage, but like, just put me in hypersleep until the twelfth, dude. Like, I am ready to see this. The guy with the third blaster on his shoulder is that Bill Burr? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Bill Burr. Okay. Um. Appearing in at least one episode, you know, according to some interviews and stuff he did. Um, yeah, it looks great. I think I think we're in for something really good with this. Like, I'm excited for um, Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. I'm excited for Gina Carano. I'm excited for Carl Weathers. Uh, it's interesting to see that freezing bounties in carbonite has become, well, at least his thing. It's at least the Mandalorian's thing, you know. Yeah, and I wonder if the story of Han Solo and Boba Fett, you know, had become so spread across the galaxy yeah. that other bounty hunters started to. And that makes the most sense, right? Like in universe, like in the bounty honey hunter profession, Han Solo, one of probably one of the most expensive bounties in the galaxy, yeah, is caught time. by Boba Fett who frees like that story would have to like spread and people be like that's a really good idea he froze his ass in carbonite such a good idea that it appears that the mandalorian has like basically a miniature on board carbon Rogue's freezing gallery yeah. yeah like of his best county and i didn't i can't tell for sure but um that very last guy frozen in carbonite seemed to have those like downward facing head tusks like yes. uh uh, I forget I, the name of that race, but it was in like the the maybe the Clone Wars. Yep, yep, and that that might even be a character from the Clone Wars. Okay, I see people talking about that all the time, and it doesn't like it kind of goes over my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, the that guy from the Clone Wars. So, uh, and in some of the in one of those shots where he's fighting, 
uh, super battle droids are in the background. Yeah, there's. A, I didn't. I'd seen that before. I didn't see it in that watch, but I had seen where it was mentioned before somewhere. There's a droid gunship in. Oh, wow. Um, in there too. So like, I lots... saw him fighting the Transnotions. Yes, that the right way. I immediately thought of Bosk, but that, I mean, I guess that doesn't mean that doesn't have to be Bosk. But it'd be um, cool to see Bosk show up. Shit, yeah, it would. Uh, yeah, Bosk I... is the ringleader of those guys. <laughs> so we've seen um, we've seen a picture of that scene. I think it was released in Entertainment Weekly of him facing off against those two Trandoshans, and neither one of them appear to be Bosk because. I guess there's two different sort of uh, varieties of Trandoshan. One that's got like mm. a more pronounced muzzle like Bosk and then ones okay. that have sort of a flatter face. And those two guys are that type. One random thing. It's good to see dirty stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. Stormtroopers are dirty as shit. Like you haven't seen that honestly since, I don't know, maybe a new hope. You know, Rogue like, One. Rogue One. Yep, at the beginning yeah. when um, when they break Jen out of the prison transport, like those dirty those stormtroopers on there are fucking dirty. You're right. Um, yeah, I mean, but it would make sense, especially since the empire has collapsed. No doubt. Um, and <clears throat> when you watched it before we recorded, you brought up something that I've you know noticed. There's a scene where he is using like his. Um, wrist grappling hook and he's he's uh attached to a ship it's uh it looks like a tie fighter yeah it's it's the uh giancarlo esposito gus fring from breaking bad it appears to be his character's tie fighter uh and if you pause that scene it looks like he's got something on his back it looks like he's got a jetpack it's okay and like he's hanging from the rope right, right. and at first you think He's hanging from the TIE fighter by his wrist grappling hook, but then he closes the distance incredibly fast, right from, and, and it looks like there's a combustion from behind him mm -hmm. that allows him to do that. Um, so it looks like a jetpack. I mean, it just looks like it. Well, it doesn't look like he just winds in the wrist thing. Like it looks like he zooms up to the top of that TIE fighter. Yeah. And if you look at, it, it looks like there is something on his back too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks like uh old buddy the mandalorian might be getting a jetpack as part of one of his uh his main storyline okay. quests and this makes rewards. this brings the question was boba fett's flare unique or was him using a jetpack a mandalorian move it was a mandalorian move for sure because they established that in the clone wars and jetpacks are a mando thing yeah and in um rebels like okay. in i think it's in rebels that they established that a lot of the mandalorian armor and like their their sort of gear their tools and stuff was built around combating jedi oh um so they uh yeah the the, the Jetpacks are definitely a Mandalorian thing, so <coughs> that makes even more sense. Um, but yeah, I'm really now. There was another thing. Uh, I think this came from Entertainment Weekly. They were talking about you know the debut of the Mandalorian and mentioned that there is some big 
in-universe spoiler in the first season, which I honestly kind of feel like that's kind of a corny way to put it because it's not a spoiler if it's in, the, you know what I mean? Like, it's a spoiler if you told me what it was before we saw the show, but if it's a piece of information contained within the show, that's just a plot element, not necessarily a spoiler. But it, does it come out before, yeah, it comes out before Rise of Skywalker, right? Right, right. So it's basically a spoiler for Rise of Skywalker. Well, they say in-universe spoiler, so it could really be anything, and I can't necessarily think of anything important that they could give away that would have bearing on a story that takes place 30 years, or, you know, almost 30 years later, you know? So that, that w- I guess that's true. How it could connect. What to if they the- imply? Well, uh, yeah. go ahead. So what if they imply something about Palpatine's survivability? You know, about his not being dead or something. Okay. Okay. I mean, to me, which isn't a spoiler because you showed that he's going to be in nine. I guess it's because you didn't show in what way he's going to be in nine. But it sure looks like his physical appearance in that one. Rise you know. Of I got to be honest, I didn't even consider that. You know, if if we are thinking big, big, like long-term stuff, like, yeah, it could have something to do with that. It would seem kind of weird because of how disconnected it seems. And it seems like if the Imperial presence that's in the Mandalorian are sort of like weird warlord holdouts, like maybe these Imperials after the Empire fell just barricaded themselves on these planets and sort of took over yeah these planets as a, a last ditch effort to maintain some sort of power or something but that is an avenue that i didn't consider as a possibility and an interesting one to think about now the one i've seen going around people doing some cock duty speculating uh both fat's fate Oh, that would be an even better one and more appropriate, by the way. Yeah, and I'll be honest, it makes me nervous because... Oh, I bet it does. There's two ways it could go. It could go that, like, well, Boba Fett's still out there somewhere. They could establish that he escaped the Sarlacc and that he's out there somewhere. The big bad Boba's still out there somewhere. And look, if they establish that in the first episode... Catch me wa- running victory laps around my neighborhood. Like, really running. Because <laughs> like literally run. that basically confirms that at some point we're going to see Boba Fett in this show. You don't bring up the fact that he's alive in this show if he doesn't make an appearance at some point. Maybe seasons down the road. But you don't set that up to not knock it down at some point. And, I mean, it's such a... If you're going to do it, like, this is the show to do it, is it not? Like... You know, why would you use this show to put the nail in Ob- in Boba Fett's coffin mm. when you don't have to? i tell you why. Why you do that is because you have a new show. You have a character who looks an awful lot like, awful like, uh, an awful lot like Boba Fett, that just in a new color sure. way. Right. And you want to establish that, no, this we isn't want- Boba Fett. This is a new guy, you know. We want, we want you to bond to this character. And we right. don't want you to hope to see Boba Fett. This is your Boba Fett. Like, right. So that is why you. That would do makes that. complete sense, by the way. I did not even think about that. So it does make me nervous. But, you know, at this point, 
when Star Wars trilogies are getting canceled or directors are backing out of Star Wars trilogies, when a, a Boba Fett movie has almost gotten off the ground twice and it hasn't happened, like I kind of got to just be glad that I'm getting some kick-ass live-action Mandalorian content and that it looks this good. Right. So I can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers and whatnot. You know what I'm, a, you know what I'm scared of is that I'm scared that this Mandalorian is going to be so badass. Like, how could Boba Fett be more badass than that? I mean, I you know I love Boba Fett, but it will literally just take one episode of this Mandalorian being a badass to make him, him to more be ba- more badass than Boba. Fett. Yeah, exactly. Like that, you know that we're just speaking truth here. Like I'm not, I'm not shitting on Boba, but that's that's it. Like. It just takes one episode of him being really good in a fight, not fucking falling in a Sarlacc pit, having more than four lines of dialogue. Like, yeah, it doesn't take much to establish that he's more badass than Boba Fett. I just like the concept of thinking that Boba Fett's a badass. And, like, I just assume that Jango Fett is a badass. (laughs) Well, because we see... we see some evidence of Django Fett being badass. It's just not for very long till he gets his head chopped off like a bitch. You know, like... Yeah, but... He gives Obi-Wan a hard time. Yeah, and we see, like, once again, just to be completely... Although he does handle his own against a Jedi. He, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, to be fair, we see Django Fett be way more of a badass than we see Boba Fett ever be. That is true. Like in live action Star Wars, no doubt we see more of it. So, and I guess I always thought Boba was badass because number one, he was one of he looked badass. He was one of Jabba's guards, one of Jabba's personal bounty hunters, which I guess doesn't necessarily mean he's badass. I just kind of assume they all were, and that he caught Han Solo, which, by the way, he didn't really. Darth Vader set a trap, and well, he just picked up the body, right? Well, he he's the one that tracked Boba uh, Han Solo to Cloud City, and he tracked Luke Skywalker before that. In the comics, in the, yeah. Okay, um, I thought I thought Vader sent him after Luke. He does in the comics. Is it, oh, well, I mean uh, that's canon though, right? Yeah, that's, no, no, that canon. is that okay. definitely is. Just making sure that yeah, is legit. Absolutely, um, and I, you know, I think it's safe to assume that Boba Fett well, was a badass. You know he's a we good just tracker. Really yeah. Okay, like he's a good tracker. Um, and look if. If you establish that this Mandalorian is badass and you want to answer the question like, well, is he more badass? Is Boba Fett more badass? Then you just make him fight. Oh. But how old would Boba Fett be in this one? Not too bad. I mean, he's he would only be like five years older or so than he was in Return of the Jedi. So like 35, 40, 45, 50, somewhere in that. Oh, I don't even think it's... Well, we tried to establish this a couple weeks back. Remember? I remember. We counted back from Clone Wars where he was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just... I'm giving it like he's like 10 years younger than Anakin at least. Maybe maybe 12 or 13. Yeah, so... Not too long. Not too long until we see what this big spoiler is in the first episode. But if they're like... Um, because okay, so remember we were talking about in an interview. Taika Waititi was talking about uh, playing IG Eleven in this series, 
Yeah. And they kind of had a line in one of the articles about how IG-11 gets pissed off that he gets confused for IG-88. Like he hates, like he hates when people think he's IG-88, which I think is a funny character. Um, yeah. Quirk. For a droid. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they do that, can I mean, at some point, somebody's going to have to compare the Mandalorian to Boba Fett, right? Uh, just from almost a, like, for the How audience many? themselves, for the the less hardcore audience, you would have to make that comparison and establish that he's someone different. Right. Like, how are we going to talk about another bounty hunter from, you know, five seconds of footage in Empire Strikes Back and not talk about Boba Fett? Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You want to jump into some voicemails and some emails? Feet first. We've got a lot of moisture farmers that have been hanging tight. Uh, we are going to cover as many of those we can tonight, and then any that we don't get to, we'll get caught up next week. It may take us a couple of weeks to get totally caught up, because you guys are awesome and really, really wrote in and called in. So let's go ahead and get started. First up, we've got a voicemail from our buddy Dave. I met Dave at uh, Celebration. Oh, really? Yeah. Solid fella, that Dave. He says, hey, Halls and Will, Dave from South Florida, dropping y'all a line. Hope y'all are doing well. And then he has this to say. Hey, Halls Will, Dave here in South Florida. It's uh, been a while since the last time I called in. Been listening ever since. Um, Haas, I haven't forgotten about you, buddy. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Last time I saw you, you were uh, outside. <laughs> we were all outside in the in, in the chill of Chicago uh, at Celebration, enjoying uh, the weather and the haunted housing that was going on inside of the hotel that you guys stayed in. Um, well, uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> next time you can join a haunted house with us all. It was a good time had by everybody. Um, anyways, back to what I was uh, calling about. Um, so I was watching this YouTube video, this guy at Midnight's Edge, and he was talking about how there's possibly six different endings to the Rise of Skywalker and how uh, they are still in um, reshoot mode to get some of these different endings filmed um, in the hopes that they get it right. Apparently Disney and Lucasfilm want to make everybody happy and they're not happy about uh, what they've gotten so far, supposedly. Um, 
curious to know you guys thoughts on that maybe some uh, some ideas on what some of these endings could be um, but yeah hope you guys are doing well um, and uh, keep on keeping on and uh, yeah <laughs> deuces Bow. all right thanks for uh, calling in Dave could you hear that one well I know it was a little lower in volume than usual I think you might still be muted, my dude. Am I am I muted? Okay, yeah. I could hear most of it, yeah. Okay. Probably like 90% of it. It was cool. still very low, but I could hear it. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Um, so, I'll be completely honest uh, with Dave here. I don't buy the six different endings story that's been yeah. going around. Um, the problem I have with that is part of that six different ending story was that they showed the movie to test audiences and they didn't like some of the different endings. And here's the thing about that. From what I understand, Star Wars does not typically do test audience screenings. If they right. did text, test audience screenings, they would have... So many leaks out there. It's the same. That's what I thought. Yeah. Marvel doesn't do test audience screenings. They just don't. It is not a Disney thing. They'll watch it internally. Um, as far as the reshoots thing goes, as far as I can tell, the reshoots that have been going on on episode nine are nothing outside of your normal sort of reshoot thing. Like reshoot procedure for a movie like this like you know it's very commonplace now for a movie to have the bulk of its shooting during you know the regular shooting time and then come back for reshoots to fix some things here and there add elements uh from what i can gather they did some sort of secret like a week of reshoots at the bad robot offices interesting in uh wherever those are i think they're in santa monica uh and if that's the case you know a week of reshoots doesn't to me signify any sort of major problem with the movie if anything no that signifies to me maybe they're shooting some secret stuff that they want to add you know yeah maybe things (coughs) maybe and you know six different endings may be taken out of context. Cause like technically um, Marvel Endgame shot like what? Six different endings just to keep secrecy or whatever. Yeah. That could be the case too. They so, could have shot you know, multiple. You weren't mm-hmm. sure which one was the real one. Yeah, exactly. They, and, and, and you know, and to just try different stuff out. Like uh, I was reading an article about, Uh, the ending of Endgame, right? And they shot so many different versions of Iron Man's last scene. And it wasn't a matter of like, it was a matter of just trying a bunch of different stuff and seeing what worked best for the story. Right. But it was all, it all came to the same point. Like it all ended the same way. Six different, six different flavors of the same dish. Right. And that could be, that could be more likely with something like this. Um, and what you have to keep in mind as far as reshoots, especially with J as far as JJ goes, like 
this is not much different than what happened with the force awakens jj was working on the force awakens like i think up until the day it came out mm. and the rise of skywalker is in a different position because they fired colin trevorrow and brought jj on like way later in the process than he was brought on for the force awakens so he's had less time they pushed shooting back later than originally planned because of that so i think this all goes hand in hand i don't think there's anything to worry about and i don't think it's that big of a deal you know maybe we'll be told differently once the movie comes out but as of right now, I am not the least bit worried about any kind of reshoots or anything not like slightest. that. I mean, reshoots are a common blockbuster thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, like Rogue One and Solo, they are a big deal. And they do alter the movie in a major way. But we've seen nothing to lead us to believe that this is any kind of situation like that. Yeah, nowhere near that. And speaking of Rogue One, you know, the Vader scene at the end of Rogue One? That was shot in October of 2016, two months before the movie came out. My goodness. So maybe it's just, I'm not saying something, you know, exactly like that, but maybe they had something they wanted to add, you know. Oh, you want, you want, honestly want to know what I'm hoping it was that they were shooting in October? What's that? Secret Force Ghost Jedi. Like? Uh, cameos. Anakin. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. That would be cool. It really would be. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Hayden Christensen, Yoda. Ooh. Do you do young Obi-Wan? Do you do Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan or do you do Alec Guinness Obi-Wan? Ewan McGregor. Mm. Because if you're using Hayden Christensen... Yeah, and I mean, I know that sort of conflicts with the version of those Force ghosts that we see in Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. but I would rather them just use Obi-Wan than try to do some digital recreation of Alec Guinness and things like that. You already have the dude coming back to play Obi-Wan and just establish, like, Force ghosts can appear however the fuck they want. They're ghosts. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? I would be totally fine with it being <coughs> Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Now, the real question is, do they have the fucking cojones to get old Silas Carson back in the makeup, fly him to Santa Monica, and record him as a Force Ghost Kia D? Mm, I mean, why not? <laughs> I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Me, for one. <coughs> Okay. Give the man some time at the next convention. Oh, please let him be a guest at Celebration Anaheim. We will organize the biggest Blue Harvest Moisture Farmer group photo with Silas Carson. And he's going to love it right up until he asks, why do you guys like Key ID so much? And we're like, because his head's shaped like a dick. Because <laughs> he's got a big old dickhead, Silas. Like, oh, I don't think I can be associated with you people. <laughs> oh, don't be like that, Silas. And just imagine, I will shower him in Blue Harvest Kia D merch. <laughs> 
You'd be like, let me get your address. I got some things. No, I, I'll have them with me. I'll be like, here's this sticker. Here's this sticker. Here's this you. sticker. Oh, and here's, here's a shirt. And I made this on my 3D printer. Like, <laughs> going to get the hookup. <laughs> He's going to be like, hmm. thanks. Uh, can somebody put this all in the trash? All right. Uh, and next up, we got a voicemail <coughs> from Royal Farm Boy. Let's hear what he has to say. I'll do my Blue Harvest Moisture Farmer friends. It's Royal Farm Boy, also said Anthony. Want to ask a favor, and not one for myself. I'm asking for one of our friends. And the friend I'm asking that favor for is Michael Condon. We know him in that Twitterverse as 2Med2. Or it's also said T-O-O-M-E-D-T-O-O. And Michael's also got a YouTube channel that he's been doing live chat shows on every Monday evening. Uh, But the favor I'm asking for, for Michael is come next celebration in August over there in Anaheim. He's got an idea. He wants to go and make and do live stream shows to include those of us, like myself, not able to go to celebration. But in order for him to do that, as he's thinking, he's asking for subscribers to his channel, also 2Med2. So Moisture Farmer friends, spread the word wide and far. And please go pick Michael up. Hit that subscribe button on his channel because he's really wanting to do this he's asking for help and I'm asking for him so we'll see what else comes of this week's Blue Harvest we're talking about a trailer and such and I'm looking forward to that for my Saturday morning breakfast biscuits and gravy and Blue Harvest on my radio with my Star Wars friends it's Wednesday morning now as I make this and look forward to it on my radio Saturday morning. May the force be with you, my Star Wars friends. See you on the radio. And there you have it. Biscuits, gravy, black coffee. See what sausage, gravy? I would imagine Is- so. That's what Jesse and I had dinner for last night. Really? Had for dinner last night. I just dropped that like Yoda. All right, let's hear mm-hmm. what our buddy Steve D has to say. Pause and well, Steve D here. Uh, coming to you live from outside the dentist office. Getting a crown put in. Is this real life? Anyway, I've been thinking about Sheev Palpatine. She. The thought of having him be in the flesh in the movie, an actual flesh body, sheep in the movie. The thought of that over the past, ever since Celebration, where we heard his voice, where we saw Ian on stage, has has troubled me. It's troubled me, okay? We all saw him get body slammed down a shaft, went out in a blaze of energy, 
and the Death Star exploded. We all saw that, okay? But thinking a little bit more about it, since now we've seen this trailer, wow, 3PO for the first time ever. Killing me, bro. Anyway, I'm thinking about Palpatine, the Emperor. If we're getting him back in the flesh somehow, something that's making sense to me, finally, is if they tie it in, if they if they tie it in, if they make it, if the explanation comes based on the line from Revenge of the Sith, where he says to Anakin during the story of Darth Plagueis that he's telling, that he taught his apprentice everything he knew about cheating death. Somehow that, that is the basis for having him come back, having him not saved, but in some form. I, can't, I, I don't have the thought fully put together, but I got enough of it. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Let me know what you think. <coughs> oh. oh, he scared me with that at the end. I jumped. Um, it really is a spooky episode. I I get it. I get what he's saying, and uh, I th- I mean I think that's a pretty pretty good guess. I mean that's where I get most of. Uh, I say I get most of my information. Like that's I'm. When I ever, whenever I think about Palpatine, I feel like that's where he shares most of the information about himself. Yes, you know, I feel like that that one conversation with Anakin. There's more about Palpatine than there is in like all of the other movies combined. Oh, absolutely. And he and the way he's telling it, he's making it seem like it's not him. Right, right, because he doesn't want. At that point, he's not—he's trying not to reveal that he's a Sith Lord. At that point, to Anakin, you know. Well, I thought that's what he's exactly what he was trying to do on the sly. Yeah, and yeah, that Anakin sure. was just kind of thick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is the thing: if if Palpatine is in the flesh in this movie, and I think after that trailer, it's a safe a safe assumption to think that he is. My preferred explanation for it is some sort of force shenanigans. Right. Like whether it be a take on the Dark Empire concept of his spirit transferring to another body. Or whether it be something like that. I don't want it to like my least preferred answer is that he just fell down a shaft Flew didn't out. all the way die yeah flew and somehow escaped like that one is the hardest one for me to reconcile how it happens yeah and i hope that there is some sort of explanation in the movie on how he's still around i'm sure there will i'm i don't know about sure i'm pretty confident there will be and i know that if there isn't it'll be explained in some sort of ancillary material book comic whatever but i kind of feel like you you have with bringing palpatine back you have to there are things you have to explain and i feel like it is a necessity 
to explain in some way how he's still around and not sort of negate the end of Return of the Jedi. And unfortunately, that could be a possibility that like after episode nine, we've, you know, we view Return of the Jedi as, uh, you know, where when we when we introduce people to Star Wars and we watch Return of the Jedi, we're like, oh, this is where you think the Emperor dies. Like, Mm -hmm. right. And I don't necessarily like the feeling of that. Me neither. And I also, you know, I think I do think there is a way that you can have the Emperor, quote unquote, die in Return of the Jedi, keep the prophecy intact of Anakin being the chosen one, have him come back and have Ray be this generation's chosen one. There is a way to do that, you know? And I mean, I hate to make the comparison yet again, twice in a podcast, but back to Harry Potter. I mean, once Voldemort was destroyed, it took him a long ass time to regenerate, even though, you know, pieces of his soul were stored in other parts. It took a long ass time for that to manifest as perfect cor- corporeal matter. Perfect. That is, in my opinion, a perfect approach to him being back. Right. And, you know, like, I'm totally fine with that. I think that would be great. Uh, and I just hope it's it's touched on and explained in some way in the movie. Um, so, we'll see. We will definitely see. It won't be long before we find out. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, we have our buddy Jim. Let's hear what he has to say. Lots of voicemails this time. Yeah. And will. Hey guys, I just had a question um, about all these new characters, man. There's so many brand new characters. I mean, you got Zori Bliss, you got Jana or Jaina um, shooting the arrows, you got Babu Frick, you got the big slug guy Claude or Clad, you got the robot Dio, you got General Pride. Um, the Knights of Ren, sort of. We've never seen them, like, take a step. Um, and, I mean, you haven't seen Lando in 40 years and the Emperor in 40 years. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Like, how are they going to fit all this stuff in? But I'm sure they're going to pull it off. they got that extra long um, window. I mean, it's supposed to be two hours and 45 minutes or something. I'm not sure if that's still true or if that's a fact. But uh, who, what new character are you most excited about? Uh, who do you think is going to like steal the show? Um, or do you think that they're going to have to not touch on these guys very much? Um, and I'm sure that you did a breakdown. I'm most curious about the floating ice city and the uh, black podium that they destroyed together. Uh, I'd love to hear your insight on that if you hadn't already covered it. But who's your favorite new character? Who, who's going to do it for you? But all right, guys. Ignite the green. Okay. Um, I think we talked extensively about busting up that pedestal in the episode with King Tom. Yeah, I think we covered both of those um, things he was interested about. Now, with all the new characters, it's hard to say because, like, Babu Frick... I think he's going to be a fairly small role. You know, I think a lot of these are going to be smaller roles. uh, Claude, the big banana slug looking guy. Um, 
that is definitely, um, you know, smaller type character. Uh, I think Jana is going to be a fairly large role uh, from the looks of it in the trailer and stuff. And, you know, the fact that, you know, she's been part of the promotion as far as um, Star Wars celebration and stuff. So I think there's, um, you know, plenty to look forward to as far as new characters go. And, you know, when you think back to other Star Wars movies, like in Return of the Jedi, you get some new characters. You get Akbar, you get Nyan Num, you get Jabba the Hutt, technically. Um, you know, think more in the lines of that. They're really flavor characters. Yeah. I think like- with... With, with the exception of Janna and um, right. uh, General Pride, who we haven't seen in the trailers, but I think he's going to be a fairly big role. Like, I think they'll be the two biggest. Um, and I think everybody else will be sort of smaller, like you said, flavor characters. I'm just excited for old Lando. I want to yes. see his yeah. uh, something like his maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Yeah, I'm excited for old Lando as well. Uh, as far as new characters go, I think... Oh, and Zori. I think Zori's going to be a pretty big character too. Uh, I th- she's probably the one I'm most excited about. I think that character design looks incredible. Zori and Dio. I'm really excited for that little Dio guy. Yeah. And I got the Zori Bliss uh, vintage collection figure this week. And man, it's a cool oh, looking figure. Oh, man. It is a cool looking figure. Um. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to it to seeing um, what she's got going on I think that's who I'm most excited for but I think Jana is going to be cool I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what is his name it, his name is General Pride but he's got like a Allegiant General Pride or something like that he's got a uh. extra little fancy uh, spice he's to an Allegiant General yeah um, and that character Claude, like, I want to see that guy in motion. He's a big slug. I want to see like how he gets around, how he gets around, what his character voice is. I, I'm imagining it's going to be like alien speak. Like, uh, maybe he'll speak uh basic or English or whatever, but we'll see. He said basic, basic. It reminds me, you got that from D&D, right? Well, I think it's... Basic or common. Well, It's, it's called basic in Star Wars. I yeah, think. it's galactic basic, I think. Galactic is the, basic. Galactic basic. Called common. The, the common language. Yeah. All right, uh, let's hear from our buddy Andy, Star Wars Ramblings. Let's hear what he has to say. Holy fucking shitballs, Will. Holy fucking shitballs, Haas. It is Thursday for me, 1024, 2019.5:45 in the morning. I need to leave for work in about 15 minutes, but I just had to send off an email, voicemail, whatever the fuck this is, to you guys, and just, you know, Star Wars splooge fucking everywhere. Still, <laughs> like, it's been, what, three days since we've gotten that trailer? And I know you guys probably already have a million and a half voicemails. Uh, and emails about this damn thing. <laughs> Holy shit. 
uh, honestly, this is right up there with the Chewy were home moment in Anaheim 2015 for me. This is, uh, it's just a damn good trailer, especially for heavily involved Star Wars fans. <laughs> and I just got to say, I've already got what I want out of this movie. Uh, I had a trifecta Sith or uh, uh, Force Ghost Anakin, um, Warrior Goddess Ray, and uh, Super Mega Big Dick Space Battle. I've got two of those already. That's good. I'll take two out of three. And I'll bet eh, I'm still holding out hope for that Anakin Force Ghost. JJ's always got to be hiding something, right? But. <laughs> I mean, damn, just, and who the hell knew that C-3PO would be <laughs> the guy to deliver the most powerful line in the damn trailer? It just, shit, guys, I'm still losing my fucking mind about it, and it's been three days. <sighs> I mean, hmm. Fear. Facing fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Not not fighting evil, fighting fear. There's something to that. I don't quite know what, but there's something to that. It just shit, guys. It's a fucking good time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Ugh. And, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, what's going to be my thesis statement for this uh, voicemail? And, uh, you know what, I ain't got shit other than I, I got my Ride of the Rohirrim space battle. You know, the entire Resistance fleet, the entire free fucking galaxies, giving them one last big fuck you to Palpatine. Um, you know what? Here, I'm going to pitch to you guys a t-shirt idea or a sticker idea. I don't know what. <laughs> All credit goes to my wife, Morgan, by the way. Um, Sith beer throne. Like a, like a Sith beer hat. But you look at... If you freeze frame that... And uh, that, that shot of Palpatine on his throne. Like, probably spider freaky, you know campy ass spider walking towards Ray. Um, <laughs> it looks like he's like on a life support or something. There's like a canister with like a, a fucking tube or some shit. Sith beer throne. Or Sith bong throne. I understand. Pause. I understand you're more of the 420 uh, orientated person. but <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, fuck guys. Make that shit a t-shirt. I'll buy six. I promise. Get Chris Hall to get on that artwork. Oh. Guys, it, it's fucking great. I, I know that you guys must have loved the trailer just as much as I did. And, uh... <laughs> damn. We're only two months away from this... Less than two months away from this damn movie. Oh. It's gonna be a good goddamn two months. And we still get Mandalorian, too. Fuck. Alright. Thank you guys for letting me just cuss and... <laughs> scream about Star Wars for five damn minutes. You guys have a good one, and uh, may the force be with you. Take care. Thanks for writing in or calling in, Andy. That is a decent idea for a uh, 
and a t-shirt. I like that quite a bit. <coughs> um, man, it's nice hearing excited folks all excited about the trailer and all hyped up for what we got coming. Um, What's funny is that I know that precise feeling. Like, I know mm-hmm. what he was like, that my mind is still blown. Like, oh, what? And C-3PO, the emotional line in the... Tra- I know precisely all those feelings. I know, man. Hey, the more and more I rewatch that trailer, which has been quite a bit, uh, the more and more it just sinks into me how much I like it. Um, and how, like, I just... I'm so excited. It seems like there's going to be a lot of uh, adventure in this one. You know? Yes. And man, all I those ships. The quest. I feel like the quest is central to this one. Yes. Oh, speaking of all those ships, uh, I was watching the Star Wars show on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Yeah. And um, they were talking about that scene in the trailer and they said a possible appearance by the Colossus. So supposedly oh, wow. maybe the Colossus is in that big battle scene too. That would be incredible. That would be so sick. If they could work in the different uh, aces, fighters, you know, even just in the background or in a shot or something, man, that would be fucking cool. Hell yeah. Because those are some awesome ships. They are. And they would probably stick out pretty well too because they're so colorful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll see, though. We'll see. All right. Uh, next up, we got a voicemail from Eric. Uh, and he says, what's up, guys? Attached should be my recorded question for you guys. You guys are hands down my favorite podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks, buddy. Here we go. What's up, Paulson Will? This is Eric from Austin, Texas. Long-time listener, second-time caller. Just got done listening to you guys' uh, trailer breakdown with King Tom. Man, loved it. It was fantastic. Uh, while listening to it and, I, and after re-watching the trailer a couple times, uh, I had a thought. So I, I know there's been a lot of talk about Kylo's death and all this or him getting uh, redeemed or whatever. And I, I just... Knowing this is a JJ movie, and and you know how he likes to do trailers and whatnot, and his whole misdirection thing, it, it occurred to me that what if uh, Ray is the one that dies in this movie, and what if it's her death? Uh, maybe she like sacrifices herself, or, or something, in in order to save Kylo. And what if it's her death that turns Kylo and helps him uh, on that path towards redemption? I don't know. It's just. Uh, yeah, that's just my, my take on it. Curious to see uh, what you guys think. All right, uh, keep up the good work, guys. Always enjoy listening to you. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. It's good to hear from you again. Um, Look, has it crossed my mind that that could be what, what happens? Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of it, though. Yeah, like, do I think it's possible? It's. I mean, it's got maybe a... As much as a thirty percent likelihood to me, but I, I don't, I don't want that to be the outcome. Yeah, me neither. It, it would, it would kind of bum me out if the whole course of the sequel trilogy was introducing us to this character of Ray, who I'm a big fan of, and like, who is a strong female character, and then like her the destiny end, is. To die for Kylo's salvation? Yeah, that would bum me out. Uh, 
I'm not I, a huge ugh. fan of it. And I just I like, like yeah. I really like the idea of the future of the Jedi Order being in Rey's hands at the right. end of the sequel trilogy. So that's definitely where my hopes lie as far as that goes. Um, yeah, that would that would be a tough one. That would be a tough one for me. I'd be pretty bummed about that. Yeah, I'd take that pretty hard. But he does bring up a good point that, like, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams, he's a tricksy dude. He may try to pull something out of his hat like that. I just, I don't know. I don't see, for me personally, that's not the best best, uh, best place to take it. No. But who knows? All right, we got uh, one more voicemail and then some emails. So we'll get the voicemail and then start getting through these emails, see how many we can get through. This is from our buddy Jacob. Uh, hey, guys, I hope you enjoy my dumb question. See attached audio file. All right. Hey guys, this is Jedi Jake, and the other week I heard you guys talking in length about bidets, and I was wondering, do you think the Millennium Falcon has a bidet? Because Chewbacca sure is hairy, and I can certainly imagine a little poop getting stuck to his butt. Now I am a very hairy cat, and sometimes he gets poop stuck up in his butt, so we have to trim his little long butt hair and clean him out really good, so I'm sure Chewbacca definitely has that same problem do you guys also think that uh whoever's on the millennium falcon have to fight over uh who has to sit in chewbacca's seat because i'm sure if he didn't have a bidet he might leave some poop smears on his chair so let me know what you guys think thanks uh you know what i bet you the i bet you the millennium falcon does have a bidet that seems like well, we know it's got a shower, right? Yep. No, no, no. That's the that's uh, on the hauler. That's on the hauler. But I bet you it's got a shower as well. If yeah, I was gonna say if that spaceship has a shower, the Millennium Falcon at least has a shower. I like the idea <laughs> of like a sonic shower. You know like when just um, using sound waves to bounce the dirt off of you or whatever. You know when uh, Han Solo's all like, I've made some special modifications. The only special modification he's made is a bidet. Or a shower that can hold both him and Chewie. Hey, man, they're shower bros. That's established. That is established. And you know what? I bet you, like, look, if that is an issue for Chewbacca, I bet you he takes care of it because uh, he seems like a pretty good dude. Except for that, or a clean dude. Except for that scene in Solo when he's down in the mud pit. Like, Chewie seems like a guy that... uh, Takes pretty good care of his, uh, and that's because they chained him up and he couldn't get to his, yeah, you know, Wookie trimmers or his balm, his, you know, hair balms. Yeah, like his, uh, <coughs> yeah. He's Can got... you imagine him, you know, Chewbacca opening a bottle, splashing it in his little paws, and then rubbing it over the top of his hair like he does when he yeah, lays like, back? Like I use wax in my beard and oil yeah. in my beard. He's just got a giant, like, fifty-gallon drum of Wookie fur. Yeah, and like gets his hair all right. Sometimes he has bangs for some reason. Sometimes and it smells too. really strong. And Han Solo's in the cockpit. And he's like, "Are you using that shit again?" <laughs> it smells. It, it smells like a very particular tree from Kashyyyk. Like it's got yeah. a very like sandal woody. Like it's yeah. like when you get a. Did you ever get like a, a cedar chest as a kid? Like a cedar oh, yeah. toy chest. 
that's what it smells like when you open one of those up and it's got that real woodsy smell in there. Are you using that woogie tree oil shit again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit some uh, let's hit some emails. First up, we got an email from Brad H. Hi, Halls and Will. So now that I have seen the trailer a few thousand times, there is one question that I have. When Ray and Ben are smashing the charred suit of Vader, what is with the dagger in Ray's left hand? Is that of any significance? Lastly, I just want to say how fortunate our generation is being old enough or young, depending on your perspective, for having grown up seeing the entirety of this saga come to fruition. I'm already getting bummed out at the prospect of no more Skywalker legacy films. That being said, it's impossible not to think of the host actors we've lost since 1977 that participated in this amazing experience. In the theater, I'll definitely be thinking of their contributions with a heavy heart towards Peter Mayhew, Carrie Fisher, Kenny Baker, etc., I hope somewhere in the ether they have an advanced screening to both the movie and our cumulative reactions. Question for Will. I plan on making a beef wellington for Thanksgiving this year. In regards to the tenderloin, is it best to get it room temperature before searing it on sides? If so, to what internal temp should I bring it to before searing? Thanks, man. Keep up the good work, guys. Brad H. So we talked about the dagger a little bit last week um and you and i had some off podcast discussion about that actually yeah you actually raised the question of whether it could be the dagger of mortis from the clone wars um and it doesn't look dissimilar in design to that dagger right it's not as long like the the dagger dagger in the movie looks maybe all metal or mostly stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell. It's not a really good shot. And the mortise dagger seemed like it had some sort of green glass blade that was very long. Yeah, it's almost more like a, a short sword than a dagger. The dagger right. of mortise. But they're very I mean, different. But I mean, like you know, you know, you could be talking about the difference between portraying the same item in live action versus animation as well. Right. But I don't know. Or maybe that's all that's left. You know, maybe that's yeah. the last shard of the Dagger of Mortis, you know. That um, could be very cool to tie and that. I, yeah, because it, if I remember from the Mortis arc, it was the weapon that he used to kill what was basically an immortal, like an immortal representation of the Force. Right. And, and so if I'm following your line of thinking like maybe that is the key to defeating uh palpatine's, palpatine's once immortal and for all. self yeah if he is immortal um now that's tying major significance to it the other thing is maybe it's just another one of han solo's rex that relics that she or kylo's kylo's yeah relics. yeah sorry kylo's relics that she picks up and you know either is a ready to throw aside you know to piss him off or trying to make a point or i don't know Maybe it's not a dagger. Maybe it just kind of looks like it. But it looks a lot like it. Also, that would be, you know, the only other dagger that I know of in Star Wars. I mean, as far as I can remember, is the dagger of Mortis, right? Like, are there uh, other bladed weapons, like actual metallic blades? Like in the RPGs, there were Vibra blades. 
that right. can stand up against a lightsaber, but I'd never really consider that canon. Unless it is now. Yeah, I think it might be. I, I know the they... magna the magna droid guards and things can repel lightsabers. Um yeah, I don't know. That dagger is an interesting little piece of what the fuck is that? Now what do you have for him as far as the beef wellington? You know, in the rare case, I'm gonna defer to you because I know the theory of beef wellington and I've watched it made many times, but I've never personally made myself a beef wellington and you have right so i'm going to defer to you on this one Hoss. so I, I will need your assistance in this yeah uh for some just basic cooking advice type things but personally if i were going to be making a beef wellington which i did once and it was amazing um one of my favorite foods and i commend uh brad h for taking the leap because it is labor intensive it's not an easy, uh, you know, it's not on the easier side of things to whip up, but also not impossible either. You know, it's not one of these impossible tasks. Um, I say you do bring the tenderloin up to room temp before you sear it, but I don't know that you have to worry about it being any sort of internal, like any specific internal temp. You just want it to be... Um, room temp sear it on all sides because you're going to if if you follow a similar method to i did to what i did you're going to be putting it back in the fridge after you got it all wrapped up in anything and everything your internal temp will be more important once you um the put final it in the oven. yes uh and in general when you see your stuff like that you kind of want to bring it up to to room temp before doing so right like generally most proteins are best cooked at room temperature. It limits the amount of uh, moisture that they're still holding, whether it's like sol- you know, water that's on the verge of crystallization. You know, things are less rigid when they're at room temperature. Also, the fats uh, melt more easily, and that's kind of what helps you sear the outside of whatever meat you're cooking is the fat that's coming out of it. Um, also, uh, I assume with the beef Wellington, you're just searing it basically to start the cooking process and seal all the juices of the tenderloin itself within the tenderloin. So your juices don't bleed out into your pastry exterior. Um, and then you, like cause said, you, you really, you cook the meat in that final bake. Right. To, to your desired doneness, which is usually medium rare medium, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, but good luck with it, and uh, yeah. send us and some pictures. If I remember correctly, the minimum and curl cooking temperature for medium is maybe 145 to 150 degrees. Um, and it, if that helps you at all. But I believe if you're using a specific recipe, uh, going by the poundage, and size recommendation for your tenderloin and just cook it for the time that it says because you should hit right where you need to be if you follow that recipe with the exact size tenderloin that is intended for that recipe yeah all right we have um uh let's see do 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 we have an email from fraser see what he says 
says, Hey guys, just thought I'd chip in with a thought on old Palpatine in the episode nine trailer. Seems to me like he could be on a chair similar to Newt Gunray's chair from episode one by the way the chair seems to be walking forward and swaying slightly. Probably a bit different, but maybe some similar styling. Just a small thought, but I thought it could be an interesting little dash of episode one to tie in, as JJ has said, he wants to mix in a bit of everything. Really excited to see all the small throwbacks that make up this film. Hope all is well. And then he had a follow-up as well. Um, That's the second reference to Palpatine's chair being on spider legs we've had It is, this and, week. and I do have a little bit of uh, something to add to this this week. Uh, and he said, P.S., just thought of it. I'm a welder myself, and I think we could fabricate you a damn-ass Newt Gunray Palpatine life support chair for the next Star Wars celebration. How hard can it be? Uh, thanks again, Fraser. That would be awesome. <coughs> that would be so awesome. Wouldn't it be? Um, so, uh, we were talking last week about how Kevin Smith mentioned that C-3PO in that scene was the career defining performance he saw when he was on set. Mm -hmm. Well, also in his reaction to the trailer, when that scene of what we assume is Palpatine from the back and some sort of chair comes up, mm -hmm. he started singing spider chair, spider chair. Now, is mm. that Kevin Smith doing a little cock a duty speculating of, of his own? Or, or do you think he saw it? Or do we think you saw it? Well, I mean, that's kind of a signature, right? Didn't, uh, maybe this was in an animated thing, but I thought, does Sidious not project himself on, like, doesn't he speak to the Trade Federation or the Confederacy through a communicator where he's projected on a spider walking thing uh yeah well that's yeah it's like on a little it's got spider legs and it's like a little disc right yeah yeah yeah, yeah he does it's like walking along beside somebody as he's talking to yeah him. but newt gunray also rides in like a spider chair. yeah yeah and he has his own full-on spider chair i remember that too i'm just like picking up the spider leg theme one of the droid army like cannons is on spider legs. Yes. Yes, on like stilts. It's kind of George's prequel, one of his prequel signature things. It's funny that Darth Maul ended up with spider legs. Yeah, thanks a lot, jo uh, George. I, you really be liking them spiders. Is, um, well, I, this is irrelevant now, but there was a legacy era book, I think, where some grand moth that got cut in half maybe had spider legs. Hmm. I don't particularly remember that one. No, it's the um it's the weird one that that wasn't even considered canon for the EU. The the books I'm talking about. They were like young adult uh sire of the Emperor Palpatine's child who had a third eye kind of deal. You remember what I'm talking about? Right. Darth Vader's oh, indestructible love <laughs> yeah all right uh you know we got two more emails and then we'll be caught up so i think we're gonna knock those out uh we got one from rick 
Rick says, hey, Halls and Well, super quick one tonight. I've been trying to piece together the clips from the trailers and teasers in my head, and I can't figure out just where the big battle will happen. Do you think the Ray kylo battle, if there is one, will happen in close proximity to the big space battle like Return of the Jedi, or will they be removed from one another? Anxious to hear your thoughts. Cheers, and may the Force be with you. Your friend in the Force, Rick. Man, that's a good question, actually, because it stumps me and I have no idea. Do you stereotypically and maybe appropriately save the big space battle for the final climax? Or do you use it as a wrench to ratchet up the tension towards the climb of the climax? So I don't think. Okay. So if we start doing like what Rick is doing and we start trying to piece little bits and pieces together from what we've seen, we know there's some sort of planet that may be sort of icy or craggy that's got like lightning going on. We've seen Kylo Ren getting out of his TIE fighter on that planet. We've seen what we assume is Palpatine and Palpatine's throne. We've seen the giant fleet of Star Destroyers in another in a similar type of environment. We've seen the Rebellion riding horses on Star Destroyers in sort of a lightning. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it seems to me like that location is the final battle location. Whereas the fight between Rey and Kylo, excluding the one with the Vader helmet, all seems to be in the ruins of the Death Star. I think those are two different locations. Yeah. So what what does that mean? Does that mean, like Rick said, that it is it is removed and Ray and Kylo are fighting on Kef Beer and the rebellion is is going to fight the giant fleet of uh, star destroyers, or does that giant fleet of star destroyers show up over Kef Beer? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's maybe, it, yeah, I think it might be different. Like, I think it might be two different locations. And when we see Ray in front of Palpatine, I think that is on this other planet, the lightning planet. So maybe the duel between her and Kylo wraps up and then leads to that planet. Like maybe they're not separated. Maybe we're looking at two instances like two different moments like one earlier and one later um maybe like the force awakens where you know they're both basically tracking a lead a lead to palpatine <laughs> right and in the in the old death star and unless they're going to do some last minute change of heart vader in return of the jedi stuff like, I kind of wonder if we get Kylo turning back to the light a little earlier than we would uh, typically imagine. Like, maybe it happens towards the end of the second maybe, act or the beginning of the third act, you know? Maybe it's a soul stone quite conundrum. Like, in order to get to Palpatine, it requires a Kylo sacrifice. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. But that is a good question. Uh, I just have a feeling that I just don't think that they're going to do 
the last minute change of heart self sac like I think we will have I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I think we'll have more of good Kylo in episode nine than we had of good Vader in Return of the Jedi as far as screen time and actual minutes, you know? And as far as his redemption goes, that's a wise move. I think so too. Because it's going to be a lot harder for me to swallow his redemption if he spends most of the movie as a shithead to Ray. Right. And then at the last minute, like you said. <clears throat> All right. So we got one uh, last email. This is from our buddy, James Jarko. Not sure if I'll get this in our time or if you save it since it's not trailer related, but here goes. As you guys know, I've been going through the back catalog of Blue Harvest and it has brought up a few questions about things, how things have progressed for you two over the years. I must say, it's great spending my days at work with you two as well as the appearances of Jesse, Steve Cobra, Goose, Sal, and Steel as well as the Battle of Joe versus King Tom. I miss Joe. And Kia D versus Kit Fisto calls. Here are some questions I've been building up as I sit as of writing at episode 87. Uh, did the reading of the fan fiction ever hap happen? If not, we need that. Yes, we do. We talked about it earlier. Yep. Um, uh, Halls, do you still dislike Adam Driver as much as you used to? No. No, I was way harder on Adam Driver in the beginning because I had only seen him in Girls and I didn't like Girls. And he portrayed a character that you did not care for in a show that you did not care for. Exactly. And look, I'm I'm man enough to admit, admit that that sort of thing will color color my opinion of someone and it's not necessarily fair to them. But now, years later into the Star Wars trilogy, like I can... I can admit how good of an actor he is, and I think he does a great job with Kylo, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he brings to the character going forward. Um, the same will not be happening for poor Pepper Potts. No, not a fan. Uh, look, <laughs> I am not a fan of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm sorry. I am not. Her and her, uh, what is her company called? Where she, goop. where she sells a bunch of fucking snake oil for, oh, yes, Goop. Like, <clears throat> if it if it wasn't for Goop, I could just be like, yeah, she's not one of my favorite actresses. But the Goop thing, I feel, is so dirty and <laughs> fucked up that, like, I'm like, what are you, you're selling me a, a bottle of Sprit spray with some crystals in it and telling me it's going to do something? Gwyneth Paltrow, what are mm. you doing? You snake oil salesman. Uh oh, Jesse had some. What was that? Yeah, I wasn't going to bring up the vagina eggs because, you know. How can you not? I mean. Well, here we are. Yeah, she sold ladies' eggs to put in their vaginas. For, I don't know and, that that's helping anything out. No, I don't either. I did try one of the butthole eggs, and I got to tell you, it just led to a, a really rough surgery. I mm. uh, can't wait to hear your trailer reactions, even though Halls gave his on Steel show as well as Rogue One. But you guys always have such great conversation about this stuff that something new inevitably pops up. Have a great weekend and talk to you soon. Thanks, James. Thanks a lot, buddy. And thank you for listening to the back editions. Yeah, man. There's I some gems back in there. Man, I, I always get a kick out of hearing someone going through the back catalog and checking it out because 
inevitably they'll bring up something that I don't remember, like some stupid joke or offhand comment. <laughs> something you said you were going to do that you never did. Yeah, I still feel bad about that fan fiction thing, and we will do it. It's just... It's a project that requires some coordination. Some coordination and some production and and things like that. We'll get it done, though. We will absolutely get it done. And then it's we a can, hanging promise. Put a pin in it. We'll all uh, get a good laugh at how terrible of a fan fiction writer I was at 13, 12 or 13, however old it was. Well, guys, that does it. We managed to get through our backlog. I'm pretty proud of us, buddy. That was good. Yeah, some good questions, some good voicemails. Wonderful hearing from the uh, Moisture Farmers. If you guys want to write in um, or call in, send in a voice message. Uh, it's blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's where you can email us. If you want to send us a voice message, record a voice memo on your phone and just attach that to an email. Easy as that. Um, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you haven't already. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Now, next week, if there is nothing of huge note to talk about, I might be taking next week off. I haven't decided yet. I got a, got a wedding to attend to next week towards the end of the week, so I may be a little short yeah, of time. So uh, if not, we'll, uh, we'll try to bang one out, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, either way, we'll see you next time. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>